the View Report podcast, energized by Celsius. It was another great day out there on this Wednesday. Yeah, today's Wednesday. I think that's right. Where we are at day two of Bucks minicamp. I was out there. My co-host today, J.C. Allen, was out there, as was Scott Reynolds of PewterReport.com. But as I just said, I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is J.C. Allen of PewterReport.com. J.C., how are you doing on this fine Wednesday, my friend? It's another great day here in Tampa Bay, right? You got the Bolts win last night. You know, mini camp is in full. I was telling you earlier, any day you get to hear Tom Brady cadence, it's just amazing. So uh, being out there, guys, <laughs> it's uh, it's a great day. Weather's weather's beautiful. We get these afternoon storms, which are beautiful. And yeah, uh, you know, we got a Celtics win hopefully tonight, which will be beautiful. Can't complain. Yeah, we'll see about we'll see about that. I think the NBA Finals has been great. We're not going to talk too much about that because we are a Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. But you know what? Uh, good luck, good luck to you. Uh, and the Celtics. And yeah, it was funny when we were out there at practice today, as you just said, uh, man, it's it's great hearing a Tom Brady cadence in June. And then I was like, it's great hearing a Tom Brady cadence all of the time. And I think it was another spectacular day from Tom Brady. Um, if you saw our practice report today, today we, we charted all the throws that Tom Brady had. There were not too many incompletions. And even in that number of incompletions, there was two drops so tom is right on schedule to be the goat that he's always been and will continue to be but there's obviously a lot more with that as well too but um jc just what were your thoughts watching tom brady today seems like you know you weren't on the show yesterday so you can talk about that as well nothing's really changed with tom brady no, I mean, and the the intensity's there. The competitive drive is there. You can see that he raises that level of competition, which was brought up by every player we talked to the last two days. Um, and just to see him back out there, not skipping a beat, uh, as Jenna Lane referred to it so many times on the, on the interviews, he's not a guy that looks like he took 40 days off. He, he's had to have been training through that time because he's just been absolutely on fire. I mean, a couple drops, couple miscues you had the interception today uh but man he looks sharp as ever and and you can tell that he's got the team ready to go already and if games were to start like next week if there's a game sunday i have no doubt in my mind that he wouldn't have the guys ready to go he's just on fire without question and i was saying this yesterday too where you know brady has He's had such a crazy offseason between retiring, unretiring, the match, the Brady brand, playing baseball with Gronk and having Gronk field while he took batting practice. It's just almost crazy to see him solely focus on football because he's had so much going on. He filmed a movie, too. Right. So he's had so much going on, but in his underwear. I mean, yeah, you see him in the huddle, though, and he just takes command. We saw it early on where he was not yelling at any player in particular, but he was getting vocal, being like, come on, guys, let's go, let's move it, let's move it. And I think right away we've just started to see, you know, players, you know, it's one thing when you're practicing, especially in late May or early June as we're at now. It's one thing to go through practice, have a productive day. But then when Tom's there, everything just, moves up another notch, whether it's 
Cody McElroy making a, a diving play, whether it's, you know, Jalen Darden improving. And we'll talk about Jalen Darden in a second. But it just seems that it's understood when Tom's there that it's treated more That's like a, a business type of atmosphere. But it just shows throughout the board, whether it's offense or defense. Yeah, it's go time when he's there. There's no doubt about it. It's all right. Everyone needs to be dialed in, focused, because if not, he's gonna he is gonna let you hear. It. And and you're right, we haven't heard him get on anyone too much, but we have heard him uh even today, you know, he's like, Let's go, we don't have all day, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> in a hurry up situation, running a two minute drill. He was barking around, and, and that's just who Tom is. He's going to go out there and he's gonna demand perfection and he's gonna he's gonna hold everybody accountable. And that's one of the biggest things that helped turn this culture around is the accountability factor. Not only that, is when you do have a guy, it's the it's a classic you want his approval, right? You want to um you want that affirmation from him you want to prove to him that you can do it and three years we're in the third year now here and that hasn't changed from veterans to rookies obviously and young guys coming in they all want to make sure that they're doing whatever they can to make the goat happy and i mean if they can continue on this but i know it's just mini camp right and it's just the otas and we were talking about all these guys last year some of them didn't have the season we thought but it's just so encouraging to see as always when when tom's in control and he's got everybody firing on the same page this offense is one that looks like it it cannot be stopped you talked about getting the approval of tom brady one of the things that we approve of and i know a lot of the pewter people watching this or listening to this later also approve of is the leading sponsor of the Peter report podcast. And that is Celsius energy drinks. I got the peach vibe today. JC, you got the strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. I had flavor. Yeah. I had that this morning, a fantastic drink, but I do want to focus on as well. Celsius also has a fast bar and it's a great meal to mm. what, well, maybe not a meal, but a bar that can help get you over if you're in between meals or maybe you're running a little late and uh, you didn't get to have breakfast. The fast bar is a great uh, substitute for that. It's a protein bar. Excellent taste. I mean, they got the cookies and cream. I had that the other day. They got a peanut butter flavor as well, too. White chocolate cookies and a salted caramel peanut crunch. The flavor is fantastic. And it's not like one of these other protein bars or just bars in general where they break and they crumble in your hand. It, it, it's a nice, solid bar that you can eat and it provides the same energy that you get with the celsius energy drink this is just in the form of a protein bar so uh make sure you go to celsius.com you can uh order the fast bars there as well too you can go on amazon save five dollars with your shipping and you can decide whether you want uh the drinks or the protein bar to come you know every two weeks every three weeks whatever you want but you know, Celsius has some of the best products on the market. So make sure, again, you go to Celsius.com, hit the store locator where you can find out about their energy drinks and their fast brands bars as well, too. Uh, I'm a big fan of the cookies and cream. So definitely please go out and support our sponsors with the fast brand bar, great protein bar. JC, I think there's a lot to get into from today's practice and uh as you mentioned off the top you know we did get to speak to obviously todd bowles as we get to uh you know during pretty much after every practice but you know we got to talk to mike evans and 
Donovan Smith and Carlton Davis too. Those are the big names of the team, the the heavy hitters, if you might say. Right. But I really think some of the guys that stole the show today were the undrafted free agent wide receivers. Devin Tompkins in particular, I thought was fantastic, but it, it was the not the household names that were really showing up today. Yeah, there was a lot of plays being made by all of the wide receivers, really. I mean, if you look down the line, you mentioned Devin Tompkins, who had a, you know, I, you know, I'll call it a costly false start because it was in, in, in the two-minute drill. But other than that, he looked really sharp. You had Cam Brown step up and make some good plays. Uh, Kalen Geiger had a nice end around and some other nice receptions. So these these guys who have, um, you know, signed with, with the Bucks after the draft, that they're going undrafted, they're out there and they're really showcasing their skills and making a case to, if not, be on the team, be on the practice squad at least, which is now up to 16 players. So you have to think, it went from 12 to 16. You have to think with as many injuries that the Bucks had last year at the wide receiver position, they're going to keep a couple extra guys. So the, they're all fighting for their spot. Uh, you know, again, Jarrett Stearns was, was out again. So it gave other opportunities. Same thing with Scotty Miller and Russell Gage. It gave these other guys opportunities to showcase their talents. That's exactly what they did. They're seizing these opportunities. They're taking advantage of them, and they're looking damn good doing it. Yeah, Geiger and Topkins, I think, were the stars of the show, but it was Brown that really had, I would say, the the highlight play of the day. Yes. Obviously, and we'll get to Tompkins and Geiger in a second, but Tompkins had this great touchdown in the corner of the end zone. Right. Kyle Trask threw the ball. Um, it, was, it was in a red zone drill. And he wasn't exactly wide open. Like, Dee Delaney was covering him. Could he have had a little bit of tighter coverage? Yeah, that's something that we wrote about in the uh, minicamp review that's on PeterReport.com right now. But it was just a beauty of a play where Brown went up. It wasn't necessarily a spin, but, you know, he had to locate the ball and, and turn towards it. Came up with the catch, stayed in bounds in the corner of the end zone, and he was fired up after. You know, oh, yeah. he was... He uh, started not really yelling at anyone in particular because the only crowd there was like the media and a couple other Bucks employees. But he was shouting just in, in celebration of himself, really. So that was the highlight play there. But I really thought Devin Tompkins, you mentioned the false start. And sure, you know, that's a mistake, a rookie mistake, but he is a rookie, uh, undrafted free agent. But man, he was all over the place today. You know, it wasn't just one particular route that he was excelling at it was crossers over the middle it was down the field it was catches in traffic it was working with Blaine working with Kyle Trask he even got some reps with Tom Brady and and had a catch as well so I really loved what I saw from Devin Tompkins today Uh, what say you JC yeah, it's definitely, you know, one of those things that it's encouraging anytime you get wide receivers that sees their moment and opportunity especially a guy who's, you know, he's he's Small. There's another way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 155 soaking wet, you know. So for him to be able to get that opportunity, then get on the field with Tom, and we know what Tom always says. You know, if you get the opportunity to get out there with, don't waste it. Um, and to be able to build that trust with him now, just in case you know there's an injury or or you know something comes along and he's got to play with him to build that chemistry, that trust now is going to be critical and vital going into training camp when. Who knows? He might be able to get more reps with the with the first team. Um, you never know about injuries or days off. 
And if he can prove that he can handle that workload with Tom now, along with Trask and along with, uh, with you know, Blaine as well, um, it's just going to put a really good taste in, in the coach's mouths and Tom mouth when, when it's his time to shine. But going back to that Cam Brown, man, that, that was a beauty. I mean, he literally – caught it with his hands like up in like a triangle, like a YMCA, a position. <laughs> yeah. thing. And you got to think too, Dino Lenny, like you said, good coverage, maybe a half a step behind, but Dino Lenny is 5'11". This dude's 6'3". He's the only undrafted receiver that's bigger than 5'10". So, you know, if when you can go out there and show that excellent ball skills and excellent, you know, to go along with your height, that's a good point, too. So I think, yeah, those two guys really kind of stood out to me. Um, Devin Tompkins was, was actually spoke about, too, by some of the guys afterwards. Just, you know, they've noticed them. And we also had Cyril Grayson on the podcast last Thursday who said, uh, who, who singly, you know, pointed out that um, Devin Tompkins, DT, he called him. Uh, and, you know, and he's been so far living up to exactly what Cyril said. Um really showing flashes out there of ability. And if you can build upon that sky's the limit for this kid. Yeah. And we should mention a couple of the guys that were out today. And these are the reasons why Tompkins and company are getting those opportunities. So Russell Gage was out again, and he was pretty much playing in the same role of not practicing, but helping out the, the quarterbacks when they were warming up. Um, Scotty Miller was not in either which again is unfortunate because he was having such a great OTAs but nonetheless they were out we did see Rashad White running back he was back at practice today after an excused absence yesterday for some personal matters uh, other players that weren't there essentially everyone from yesterday that that we mentioned no Chris Godwin no Levante David K Dotton still out Grant Stewart um, am I missing Everybody anyone, JC? Uh, Anthony Nelson. Everyone yeah, Anthony was Nelson. in attendance, though. That's so that's a positive. Yeah, everyone was in attendance. They just were not practicing. So you know, mental reps getting in there. K. Dot and continuing to get the mental reps. Watching him. Uh, you know, as soon as he can come back, you look at some of the other guys. Even even Grant Stewart was taking mental reps. I saw him a few times, and he was warming up off the field. Sedarius so Hutchinson was another guy who didn't practice, uh, but he was warming up early off to the side with the trainer as he continues to work his way back from that i believe it was a knee injury last year that ended his season early so uh you know i don't think there's going to be anyone that won't be able to go for training camp to be honest and if it's going to be anyone i think it may be precautionary with levante obviously chris godwin i let me take yeah. That go, me, yeah, that's that goes without saying. Yeah, I, I think really Levante well. might be one who, if he's not a hundred percent, you're not going to put him out there, and they may take precaution with him. But everybody else, Gage, Scotty, all these guys, and again, we don't know the nature of their injury. Um, we just found out today, actually, Carlton Davis let it slip that Keanu Neal got injured yesterday in minicamp. Um, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be a big issue at all either. So just. Caution. You don't want to lose guys day two, yeah. day three, a mandatory mini camp. And, and, and Bowles pretty much said that any guys who's missed the last two days, they're not going out there tomorrow because they don't want to, to risk it. Right. It's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. And Todd Bowles was asked uh, today about a lot of guys. Oh, like, where's this guy? Where's that guy? And he's like, yeah, you know, a couple of guys are dealing with small things where it's not worth the risk right now to throw them out on the field when you have training camp coming up and the preseason. Very long way to go with that. And as we just talked about Devin Tompkins, here's a video of Todd Bowles 
and Mike Evans praising Tompkins for the way that he's played. And he's quick. We know he's quick. He's fast. He can get off the ball quick. Again, the false start penalty negated a lot of things he had, but, you know, he's the guy we're looking at, interested in seeing training camp. A couple of guys. He did really well today. He did his thing. Um, all these young guys, they come in and they give me extra motivation because they just got so much juice and just they want to play. It's their dream. They want to make it. And just watching them work, it inspires me. So they've been doing great, and I hope I can help them along the way. But Jared Stern said. Yeah, a lot of awesome stuff from, from Mike Evans today, too. And oh, yeah. I think it's even better just for the mere fact that Mike Evans is going into his ninth year. I, I've i said a lot about, you know, guys like Tom Brady and Gronk where, you know, they've accomplished everything that they've ever wanted to accomplish. And they don't need to keep playing because they have other ventures outside of football. Mike Evans is another player that maybe hasn't accomplished everything that he's wanted to accomplish. But he's done essentially most of the things that you could ever want to do in the NFL. He's the greatest offensive player in Tampa Bay Buccaneers history. He, he leads the team in a franchise record. He leads the team in touchdowns, receptions, receiving yards. I mean, his first career playoff game against Washington. Remember, he was going to that game extremely injured, and he balled out going for over hundred yards. He's beloved by everyone. He holds the NFL record for most consecutive seasons with a thousand yards to begin a career. And he won a Super Bowl. So I'm not saying Mike Evans would really ever slack off, but if he wasn't as motivated as some of the other guys out there, you could understand it because he's done a lot and he's the veteran here. But I might say that we're even going to see an even more motivated Mike Evans for the fact that, and it was so cool hearing him say that he's inspired by th these young guys that, you know, this is their yeah. dream. They're trying to make it here in the NFL. And he sees that through a different lens. And he's like, you know, I still want to keep doing that. But Mike's going to have to pick up a lot of the slack. And he's already asked to do so much for this team. But especially with Chris Godwin out, and we don't know how long that's going to be. But because Godwin might be out and Gage certainly is going to be a great addition to this offense for what he can do or what we expect him to do uh, still a lot of that's going to fall on the shoulders of Mike Evans because Gage still needs to build that chemistry with Tom Brady and he will when, when training camp comes around I just think with Mike just he, we all know he's got a great head on his shoulders he's going to do everything that he can not just to help the team but to help other guys around them better their game I think the sky's the limit for Mike this year yeah, and it was crazy to just hear, you know, a nine-year vet be like, yeah, I want to get better at blocking, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's that's who he is. I mean, he's such an amazing guy. I mean, you kind of said so much about him already. And then, you know, I even I, – I asked him today about his charity because he does so much charity work that people don't realize. And he's got another two great events coming up this weekend. And – you know, I remember this story and you talk. I think you wrote about it, actually, about him going to like a random Panera Bread and just buying everyone's stuff or something it, like it that. was it was Fresh Kitchen. But fresh yeah, kitchen. <laughs> and that's just the type of guy he is like. He's so um, he, he's so humble. I remember going to the covering the Donovan Smith um, charity uh, cornhole charity for autism. And while some of the guys signed a few things here and there, whatever. 
Mike literally missed the start of the tournament because he sat there and signed everybody's stuff who came up to him. And there were people there with bags and stuff. And, you know, obviously they're like the scalper. You know, they'd get him yeah. to sign and put him up. He didn't care. He signed everybody's stuff until everyone was content. And then he went and started playing his, his cornhole like late. Uh, and that's just the type of guy he is. He's a man of the people. And, you know, listening to him talk about how he's inspired by these young guys just makes him even so much more like relatable. He just had another kid too. Like congrats to him. Yeah. That, like Mike Evans is, if he's not your favorite player on the Buccaneers or favorite person in the Buccaneers, you have a hard time pressing me on who else is. And I get it. There's some great guys, Golston, Levante, David, obviously if you want to talk about talent wise, Brady and all them. But as far as a, a person who, who, doesn't take anything for granted, is extremely humble, and is about the fans and about the people. As real, We were just talking about this today. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but every time Mike Evans puts a ball into the stands, the ball is like $150, and, it, and he gets fined $5,000 by the league for doing that. So he's essentially paying $5,000 to give away every single ball. And he's caught, what, record 13 this year, 12 last year? That money adds up real quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he, <laughs> You know, we're talking about 50 grand in fines to give balls away to fans. So he's just an amazing guy. Yeah, we got on that topic of conversation because Mike scored a touchdown and then he did like a. Oh, the slam. Yeah, he did a slam. He did a slam dunk through the goalpost, but it was a. I think it was like a reverse. Like he put the football through his legs and then put it over the back of his head and dunked it through the goalpost. And unfortunately, in today's NFL, you can't do that because you'll get a penalty and you'll get fined on top of that. So I was jokingly, I was saying, man, I wish, or I bet Mike wishes that that wasn't a penalty because he would do that all the time. And and then you brought up that that uh, little piece of information that you just mentioned. So he's my starting power forward if I got to draft a, a basketball team from the Bucks. Yeah. Of course, no, he's a huge out. he's a huge NBA fan too. Like I remember, and I was talking about this. Uh, this week with Scott, when I went to the um, the last time the Bucks beat the Rams, it was in California. It was that crazy game where the Bucks won like fifty five to forty five, and a lot of crazy stuff happened. But Mike scored a, a big touchdown in that game. It was a deep ball from Jameis to to Mike, and he scored. And he did the LeBron when LeBron kind of like oh yeah pushes down. If you're a LeBron fan or NBA fan, you know what I'm talking about. And Mike's talked a lot about how. He's a big football fan. I remember he like dapped up LeBron. I think it was after the Bucs won the Super Bowl the first year when Brady got there. But I remember him like there was a video of him meeting LeBron. So that that was really cool. There's another wide receiver I do want to get to, and that's Jalen Darden. But first, yeah. Carlton Davis, who we spoke to, we'll talk about Carlton a, a little bit later. Carlton had just an awesome, terrific answer because Carlton goes up against the best wide receivers of all the other opponents that they play. But, you know, at this time of the year and at training camp, he plays against Mike Evans, you know, it's one-on-one. So he was asked by Rick Stratt, I believe. He was asked about just what makes Mike so great. And I think it's important too. Mike has the attributes of like, he's tall, he's deceptively quick, but there's something that separates Mike from a lot of the other receivers in this league that makes him elite and I think Carlton Davis answered it perfectly so here's Carlton talking about that and then Mike after just talks about getting ready for the season what he does training wise to get himself ready and and uh you know his motivation for this year 
that says this is why he's elite. He's like um, he has a size. He has that sneaky speed. He's sneaky quick. But what people don't understand is Mike is a hell of a competitor. Like I don't even think people understand. Like there's days where it's like day six of camp. He's going hard. My legs hurt, and I'm like barely getting out of my pedal. And he's full speed, full go, and he's on a different timing than everybody else. He wants it more. Yeah. You can just tell that he wants it more. Like he has the physical abilities. He can do it all. But his mental and how he approaches the game is so much different and just underrated. I don't think a lot of people understand that. Like he's a monster, you know, uh, to go up against every day because he doesn't like to lose. And when he loses, gets really mad. <laughs> and you don't want to see my mask. He's a beast. Every year I just try to like find ways to keep my body in tip top shape. So that's what I do. Just try to like, cause when I'm, when I'm feeling good, I feel like I'm the best. So I just gotta get in that position. Like when I'm feeling my best. You said you want this to be your best. Yeah, each year, like I said, I, I figure stuff out, things I need to work on and what I need to do to make sure I'm feeling my best. Um, I do the same workouts. Um, I just work out more now than I did in the past. That's why I was so heavy and I watch what I eat now. So that's been helpful for the last three, four years. You said last year left a bad taste. Shout out Adam Davies here. He said, uh, I absolutely love that answer. Right. Yeah, it, it was, I thought Carlton was awesome today. He gave like multiple answers where he went at length about them, you know, over a minute long, which you you don't always see from like every player that, you know, is going to answer questions. But yeah, it should be a very exciting year for Mike Evans. And hopefully it'll be a, a very exciting season for Jalen Darden, who was another wide receiver out there getting an opportunity because some of the other receivers are injured or just are not practicing at the moment. And I, I think JC, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think going into these OTAs and, and mini camps that, in the competition for wide receiver four through six, which is one of the more exciting competitions that the Bucs are going to have this year. I would have said that Tyler Johnson is probably the leader at the moment when practice started, but Jalen Darden has really made a push to be the number four wide receiver when the season gets going. And there's still a long way to go, but he's without question stood out more than Tyler Johnson. I would say him and Scotty were pretty close in terms of production and just catching the eye when they're out there. But with Scotty not practicing, Jalen Darden, the deep ball connect hasn't exactly been there, but he's doing everything else. Again, going across the middle, making some of the tougher catches that maybe we didn't necessarily see last year, but he's building a foundation with Tom Brady more than I think we've seen in the past. And again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because they're not even in full pads yet. But Jalen Darden is making plays out there. You're laughing. I don't know if uh, you're laughing. I just, no, no. no. Listen, I, I agree with you. I'm just thinking PR readers, viewers, listeners are collectively rolling their eyes because of our assessment from last year. Yeah. <laughs> so good in training camp. Literally, guys, when we say last year in training camp, you look so good. And you guys have all heard it and whatever, read about it, listened, watched that they had to take him from the second string to the first string because he was just torching the second string defense. And that's what we're kind of seeing here today. He had a really good rep against Carlton Davis. We just flat out beat him. Just flat out beat Carlton Davis. He had another one that 
in zone coverage was a high leaping catch over the middle, reeled that in. He had a he had a nice long uh pa- ended up with a nice long pass yesterday. Another I wouldn't say long pass, but like a you know deep intermediate route pass that he caught today. Um he had a touchdown today in red zone work. Um you know, he he's looked good. I'm not going to say that he hasn't. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, as you said, and say, this guy's a lock for the four. But I'll tell you what, I've been a lot more impressed with him than I have with Tyler Johnson. In fact, with Tyler Johnson, the same things that we saw last year are still lingering there where he's struggling with separation. And it's funny because Tom Brady had one pick today and it was in that two minute. It was in that two minute hurry up. Was it two minute or was it the 22 second? It was either it was. Uh, I think no. it was the twenty-two second. <laughs> so just for just for context, if anyone's confused, towards the end of practice, the Bucks did it's a two-minute drill where they got the ball around the twenty-yard line. It's on the other side of the field, so I couldn't totally tell, but they got the ball with two minutes to go, maybe like one timeout, and they had to drive down the field against the defense. And then they did a separate scenario where you got. 22 seconds 40 40 yard line or something like that 50 okay yeah somewhere like that but they had 22 seconds left and tyler johnson's on the field i looked over to matt and scott i said oh no tyler johnson's out there and he was working away across the middle jamel dean was in coverage it was actually cat coverage not zone uh so he was he was following tyler johnson followed him across the field and Brady fired to Johnson, but there wasn't enough separation. And I don't know if he just misguided Jamel Dean's closing speed, but Jamel Dean just jumped ahead and picked the route. Whereas we've seen from Darden the ability to separate. He hasn't always been on, on, and again, we don't know if this is an overthrow issue or a route issue or whatever. It's so hard to tell nowadays. You know, used to just put it on the quarterback or put it on the re- receiver, but without really knowing what the route was, what was expected of him, you know, we've seen some miss- missed opportunities, but we haven't seen issues where he hasn't been able to separate. And that's what has impressed me over Johnson. It's his ability to continuously separate. And I think if he can continue that, as everyone in the comment is alluding with pads on and, you know, being able to get hit and take that, you know, at the lot contact at the line and still be able to not throw him off. I think that that gives him a realistic shot. And I know some people are like, Oh, does he even make the roster? I think he does, but I think that gives him a realistic shot at not only making the roster or elevating himself up to that fourth spot because he's been that, exciting to watch so far in, in not just OTA minicamp, but OTA throughout OTAs as well. Right. And part of this offense, which obviously is one of the best in the leagues, technically they were second in points per game with 29.9. And if it wasn't for that game against the saints, they would have led the league in, in points per game. I think they only trailed Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was just Dallas. Yeah. And they didn't really trail them by too much, but yeah. I would say, too, that this offense isn't necessarily the easiest to play in. I think we saw a lot of times, especially early on when Brady got there, where there's a lot of interpretation where the receiver will run, and depending on the coverage, they might either go straight down the field, might stop, might have to change direction a little bit. It's all about reading that defense, so it's a lot of timing more than anything else. But most importantly, this Bucks offense for receivers, they want receivers to block, but in terms of these guys trying to make four through six on the depth chart, um, it's all about creating that separation. So 
That's what we've seen a lot more from Jalen Darden when he's getting open, whether he's running the right route or not. I'm not saying that he isn't, but we're not really going to find out those answers. (laughs) Um, But Johnson just hasn't necessarily really been able to create that separation yet. And I do think he's going to make the team. I know last year we, we questioned it a little bit, but I do think he's going to make this roster. I, I don't think Tyler Johnson has been awful by any means. And I think if we're talking about like Darden versus Johnson, Darden has been the better receiver so far. But if we're talking about like Tyler Johnson versus Rashad Perryman, Johnson has been the better receiver over right. Perryman. We haven't even really seen Perryman that much. Like He's practicing every day. They're just not really throwing it towards him. So I wouldn't say Johnson's job is in jeopardy. By any means, it's just a matter of we're not seeing as much as we'd probably expect to see from him. Right. And I think with Darden, too, a lot of it uh, as as, um, forget someone just alluded in in the in the comments was confidence issue, not knowing the playbook. And we heard I forget who said it last week, but we heard it from somebody saying, you know, now that he's got the playbook down, now that he's more confident, um, they, they, you know, they expect to see him go out there and show his skills. And we've heard praise from multiple people when talking about Darden. Um, even Carlton Davis had praise for, for Darden today, saying that you know he thinks he's going to be a, a real player in this league. And he just brings this the ability... <laughs> I'm not even I'm not gonna say it. Never mind. He brings this ability to get in and out of his routes and breaks very cleanly and quickly. And that's something that you don't see from a lot of receivers. I mean, again, this is the guy who was third in the in the nation last two seasons ago in yards after catch behind guys like Don uh Devontae Smith. I mean, he he was a really good player. There's no taking that away. And sometimes, especially as you alluded to, this offense, they ask so much of their wide receivers, and they want it's in especially Tom. It, it because yes. a wide receiver doesn't just it's not like okay, this is your route. You know, this is your route, go run your route. Every single route is based on the coverage and how you break that route off. You have multiple route trees you have multiple things to do at the top of your route a flag a button hook an in and out whatever it is depending on the coverage that you see at the line of scrimmage and that you get on the route that's how you change your manipulate your route and you have a quarterback in tom brady who's going to be able to read that and figure it out and, and throw you the ball um so being able to get that nuance down as well and we know we've heard it all you know a lot of receivers take that jump in year three you know that's the big jump for wide receivers when they take that leap into uh greatness for a lot of waters not i mean you have your outliers obviously like mike evans but yeah yeah. it's when they take that giant leap um so you know i have nothing so far what i'm seeing out of darden i i am i'm really encouraged i'm not writing home that this guy's gonna be the best he's gonna be number four he's gonna come in and win this job but i am very encouraged and i think that what he did last year he's building upon again Got to see it in pads. Got to see it getting hit and disrupted or coming off the line of scrimmage. Does that throw it off? But I just want to see the understanding completely of the playbook as well. Again, we're not sure if he's running the wrong routes, if he's breaking them off too soon, or if it just missed through miscues, overthrows, whatever it is on some of these catches that he hasn't, you know, that he hasn't been able to make. But so far, the ones that he has made have been very impressive. I think the right term for Jalen Darden would be cautiously optimistic. We've seen pretty much all the right things that we've wanted to get out of Jalen Darden through OTAs and 
so far through two days of of mini camp. But again, that this is where he thrived last year and didn't exactly translate when it got to training camp. So cautiously optimistic is the phrase that I'm going to use when it comes to Jalen Darden. But it is exciting to see what he's going to do. And uh, I want to talk about the secondary now because we did mention the Jalen Darden interception. That was the only – well, there was two interceptions. One only counted, though. We'll talk about that in just a moment. First, I want to talk to you guys about underdog fantasy and the $10 million that they have in prizes with Best Ball Mania 3. And ladies and gentlemen, it is better to start drafting your team for Best Ball Mania 3 now than it is as the summer goes along. Because right now, you could take advantage of drafting some of the players that are under the radar that might come up in training camp as a potential sleeper. But by that time, the word's already out. And you're not going to get as much value uh, for these guys that you could get by now drafting in June. And there was someone last year that won $2 million in best ball mania when they drafted their team in June. So make sure you go out and do it now because underdog fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. You draft your team with no in-season management, get the optimal score each week of the season and have a shot at over the $10 million in prizes. As we talked about with best ball mania three head to underdogfantasy.com or the app store and sign up with the promo code Pewter. Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, and sign up with the promo code Pewter. And another cool thing about Underdog Fantasy, you do the Best Ball Mania 3, but if you don't want to do that, if you want to be uh, in a group with you know just your friends or family, something like that, they have leagues for that as well. So you could do a $3 league, a $5 league, $6 league, and Pewter Report, is going to have some underdog fantasy leagues as the season gets closer, uh, you know, in late August or, or early September. So be on the lookout for that. But again, that's underdog fantasy with the promo code pewter. And who couldn't use $10 million, JC, unless you're a pro athlete or a celebrity actor or actress. A lot of people could use $10 million. Right. And, and Candace, yes, it was on a dick route. <laughs> it, it was. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I mean, there's just been so much to like. And the secondary, too, we talked about, you know, Jamel Dean. Obviously, Mike Edwards came with a pick yesterday. Mike Edwards, of all people, come yes. Um, But there is also Jamel Dean with that pick uh, on Brady during the 22 seconds, you know, simulation, uh, situational football drill. But there was also, like, there was one other pick, but there was also two other, like, near picks. And, and yeah. They, I think they both happened in the red zone. I know Ross Cockrell had a near pick, hit him in the hands. He like bobbled it and then dropped it. The other one was, I'll give you guys, I'll give you guys five seconds to guess in the comment. Who do you think dropped an interception? <laughs> oh, this is a good guessing game. I, five, I, like, I like where you're going with this. Four, three. Anyone want to comment? Guess who dropped the other pick? One. Matt, you want to tell who it was? No, you go for it. Carlton Davis dropped another pick that hit him right in the hands and dropped it. And that's something that obviously he needs to work on. And he talked about that as well. You know, Matt, it was actually your question that you brought up to him that, oh, look at CD. Yeah, they are coming in. Um, it was actually your question that you brought up because Kevin Ross said that if, if he, you know, can turn, he could be an all pro player, pro bowl, all pro player. If he just turns those in and he said, that's something that he's consciously working in, working on that he needs to, catch these balls more than PB. Of course, we didn't see it today. But there was an also a pick by an unlikely player that I, that is also um, 
guys that were a guy that we're super excited about watching, and that was Zion McCollum. Now the caveat on that pick was it was a called sack, so it it didn't really count because the play was dead. But he still he he jumped up high point in the catch, and it was it was a nice it was a nice pick. And Nathan's asking about McCollum right now, but yeah, it was a nice pick by him. Um, and you got to There was also another two pass breakups, so you, they're getting their hands on balls, and they're. I mean, it, it, it's encouraging to see already. Right. I thought even though there was one less, or I guess they had the same amount of interceptions as yesterday. I thought the defense was way better across the board, and we could talk about the defensive line in a little bit. But yeah, I mean, we saw it from backup safeties. We saw it from you know, fringe roster guys getting some PBUs. I thought in the red zone, especially where that's going to be geared towards the offense because a lot of times they're doing seven on sevens. But, you know, Carlton may have dropped the pick, but I also thought he played really well. I think he had two pass breakups um, yeah. on the day. And we saw him talk glowingly of, of Mike Evans. They went up against each other a couple of times and, Tom Brady didn't look Mike Evans away when that went on. Now, would that happen for an entire 60-minute football game? No, probably not. You know, Mike Evans is going to win some of those reps. But Carlton got up in Mike's grill. He was very physical going up against, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the game. And as you mentioned, Carlton talked a lot about wanting to be great. And he had this great line where he said that, you know, 80% of the time or 80% of the play, he's an all pro player. It's that 20% that yeah. he needs to complete to get the full 100% to be that all pro player. In his mind, he already has reached that all pro level. So here's Carlton talking about just wanting to be great. And um, he's very close to it if he's not already there. To get to that point? Yeah, I feel like I've been at that, that level for you know, two years now. But like he said, it's about turning those PBUs into interceptions and uh, getting that notoriety that I really deserve. And, uh, you know, it's about finishing. Like, you know, I'm an all-pro corner. 80% of the play, that last 20% when the ball is, is coming, you know, I got to make that play. And uh, that's going to be the, the big turning point for me in my career. Uh, I feel that, uh, you know, when I start really, because I'm always around the ball, uh, my coverage is second to none. But, you know, when I really dial in on my ball skills and, and uh, just be a ball hawk because uh, I'm always around it, that's when I, I feel like I get the notoriety and I'll be able to, you know, make more noise than what I'm doing now and, and really become what Ross said I could become. The motivation now to, to stay at a high level? I'm just always motivated. Like, uh, we had a guest speaker today, Inky Johnson came in and he just kind of gave us a good word and it was about, uh, you know, character and how you carry yourself when things don't go your way as opposed to when things are going your way. And uh, it really registered with me when he said, uh, you know, he, he kept the same character when he got hurt and was paralyzed uh, in his arm. Uh, he, he still showed up to his practices in college. And, uh, you know, it registered with me because that's kind of how I felt after I got paid. It didn't make a difference for me or my character or how I carried myself around here. Uh, it was just more motivation to go out there and play for my teammates. and. Uh, you know, just prove the front office right that they made the right decision. So, you know, um, I'm still hungry. I got a lot to accomplish, and uh, you know, just I got to take it day by day. Great insight there from Carlton Davis for a number of reasons, and 
I think it's so tough in this league, JC, to find a to find a corner that you can just, you know, put up against your opponent's number one wide receiver, and you don't even really have to like worry about it or or like think about it twice. And the Bucs are very lucky to have that with Carlton Davis, where it's kind of like how we were talking about with underdog fantasy, you set it and forget it. You kind of get that at times with 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 Carlton Davis, you know, and I think it's something that you can't take for granted. And with Carlton, I understand that the interceptions have to be worked on, but I don't necessarily know if Carlton gets the respect that he deserves as a premier corner in this game. You know, he he was up there with one of the the most available and should should have been sought after cornerbacks in free agency this year. But they weren't really talking about him as much as um, as they were about the other corners that were on the free agency market, like James Bradbury. And you heard him talk about it, too, about staying motivated after that contract. We've had a lot of contract discussion over the past couple of days because Leonard Fournette got his new contract. And would he still be motivated? We talked about the flip side of it, of multiple players on this team, especially in the secondary, going and and wanting to have a, a the best year that they could possibly have so they can get that second contract. So I thought it was really refreshing to hear Carlton be like, all right, I got that contract. Now I have to essentially live up to that hype of this is why I got the contract in the first place. Right. He's not Albert Hainsworth in this at, at all. So, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's very encouraging to hear that from him. And uh, one thing about Carlton too, he's so soft-spoken, but when he speaks, he speaks with – he speaks with like a lot of passion behind it too. And I thought that was absolutely great. You know, listen to him talk. And as you said, give long thought out answers. Um, I think he's going to be a tremendous part of, of this defense moving forward. And I think he really does turn it around and grab some, grab some more interceptions, but you're right. I mean, you look at the guys he's gone up to uh, up against, you know, and has been able to shut them all down. I mean, premier talents in the league we're talking about julio jones atlanta falcons in his prime we're talking yeah. about andre hopkins with the texans in his prime we're talking about Devonte adams just the last couple of years you know limiting him to what was it six to 66 in, in uh six for 66 in the nfc championship game that's yeah. shutting Devonte adams right yeah you know? agreed agreed and like and, you know, he's just one of those guys where you know when he's playing that cat coverage as scott likes to call it he's a guy you can rely upon and depend upon. And the next step of his game is that extra 20% and, and turning those pass breakups, which in their own right are great, but you know, because they stall drives or end drives, but we, you know, we want those interceptions, baby. We want to see some more of those. And I think we will get some more of those, not just by him, but by everybody on the defense, because so far, this defensive line, this front seven has been all over the quarterbacks. I counted six sacks today alone, six sacks. And like, they're just, and it's not just from like the defensive linemen or the linebackers. Dee Delaney had a would-be sack today after, mm -hmm. you know, great coverage yesterday against Mike Evans and in an interception last week in OTAs. Like they're just, they're getting after the quarterback and that's what you want to see because that will create these pressure turnovers situations for the defensive backs. And, and we already know Antoine Winfield was challenged to get, you know, seven or eight interceptions yeah. by, um, by coach Rapone, but yep. 
we were talking about it today. The addition of Hicks is is just so extremely huge because when you have a guy like him and Vita Vea next to each other, and they account for three blockers because yes, you, that's automatically three offensive linemen. If you're in your base defense and you got Will Golson out there, that's four blockers at least. Now you have Shaq Barrett and JTS. That one of them takes up one of them, a tight end or a running back <laughs> is tripping the other one. Good luck. If they can get home, if they can dial that pressure up, and that doesn't even include if you want to send a linebacker on a stunt or a cornerback or a safety on a stunt. Now the odds are just so stacked against an, uh, against an offensive line and a quarterback to be able to make that play and not be under pressure, not be hurried. And that's exactly what the Bucks wanted to do this offseason is get that speed and get that pressure on the offensive line. You look at Vita Vea, and he's been in the top 10. I wrote an article about this. He's been in the top 10% since 2019 of pressures for guys who have been able to get their 11% pressure rate. He's just and now you match him with Akeem Hicks, who's a monster himself, who gets after the quarterback. Like it, it's going to be, it's going to be hell for quarterbacks, and especially if your offensive line isn't great, because I, I think they're just going to be able to pin their ears back, get after the quarterback, and that's going to cause so many different um, opportunities for the guys in the back end, and we're already seeing it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I just, I really think that... I'm so excited for the season, man. Yeah, I think it's going to be a resurgence of the defense. And that, again, it's not to say that the Bucks' defense was bad last year. Because they weren't bad. No, not at all. But the expectations that we have for this defense, I don't think were necessarily met. And... <laughs> Let's face it, a lot of that had to do with the injuries. And every single NFL player is going to say that injuries should not be an excuse. But I think that played a part into it. And I just think the turnovers weren't exactly there. We kind of talked about that with, with Carlton Davis. And I think the pressure, again, that last play against the Rams, if they got there a second sooner, that pass doesn't get off and we're going to overtime. And right. who knows? Maybe the Bucs are uh, – you know, two in a row as Super Bowl champion and three in their franchise history. I think the defense, especially the line, was built a little bit different the last couple of years, too. Yeah. I, I think the main priority for that defensive line was to stop the run and say, okay, throw the ball against us. And as long as they were stopping the run, they trusted the guys in the back end. And that's why I think it was so difficult when all the injuries started to pile up because now – you don't have Carlton Davis back there. Now you don't have Jamel Dean for it. Now you don't have Antoine Winfield, Jordan Whitehead. You don't have Sean Murphy Bunting, love him or hate him. You don't have those guys back there to say, okay, they're going to throw the ball on us because they're, they're not going to run on us. So now we need you guys to be able to step up. And when you start losing all these players and having all these different combinations, remember they didn't have their starting secondary intact until what, week 17? Week right. 18 was like the first game they all played together in one game because – Jordan Whitehead missed week one and then Sharma P. Bunting went out. And then so when you have that type of defense, and I think that was part of the reason why we need more speed and interior pressure is because when you get those guys, instead of just saying, okay, sit back, stop the run, get pressure. Obviously, we want you to get pressure, but you that's not your that's not your forte. That's not what you're great at you know now you bring in a guy like logan hall who can get pressure now you got akeem hicks who can get pressure now you have all these guys who can not only be stout against the run but also apply pressure that changes that changes what your secondary 
not necessarily what they're asked to do because they're still going to throw on you because they can't run the ball. But now you're giving them um, not an outlet, but you're giving them more opp- more opportunity. I mean, opportunity is a key word for this podcast, whether you're talking about wide rec- young wide receivers, whatever, more opportunities to make plays and to put quarterbacks in, in pressure havoc situations where they're just getting rid of the ball. And I think that's why that was such a priority for this team this, this offseason was to be able to get those guys who can give you more pressure. And obviously we haven't seen it in pads. Obviously it's mm-hmm. many, many camp and we still won't see it until training camp's over till preseason. But so far, just like shells and shorts, like it, it looks like it, mission accomplished, you know, but we'll see. And let's not forget JC that, and we've talked a lot about Golston and, and Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks on this team. Now Logan Hall, the, the, the going this. this year, for the, for the second day in a row, yes. splash plays again, and arguably the best offensive tackle that we've seen out there, Nacho, Nacho. was making plays again. Nacho had another would-be sack out Back. there, completely blew by the offensive guard that was trying to prevent him. Nacho, I think, and th- again, this is just you know all speculation, I'm sure Nacho heard about all the big hubbubaloo about all, all the right. defensive linemen that have come in here. And Nacho's like, hey, I'm part of this group too, man. You know, I can still rock and roll. Nacho's still looking for his first sack as a buck. And I really want him to get that sack. One, because it's obviously going to help the team. But two, Nacho's got a great celebration. You know, oh, he, he right. picks the Nacho up and eats. And he does it a lot when, you know, he makes a tackle in the backfield. And he's a very good run stopper as a defensive tackle. But I want to see that happen as a sack. You know, when you do a sack celebration, it ups the the ante a little bit too. But to your point, JC, I I thought without pads, they still did a great job of getting after the quarterback. Elijah Ponder, you mentioned D. Delaney had a sack. On the, the last sequence of practice, it was the second strings going. So Blaine Gabbert was in at quarterback. And they had to drive down the field. They didn't even get a first down. I believe Andre Anthony had a sack on the first play. We were all kind of confused because you can't hit the quarterback. So. It was, I, I haven't read that. It was yeah. a false start. The first play was a false start. Okay. And then Andre Anthony had the had the sack on the other one. It was a false gotcha. start. Then there was Elijah Ponder with the sack. And that was the interception from Zion McCollum. It was an overthrow to Kalen Geiger. And then it was a delay of game with a 10-second runoff because there's only four seconds left. That's how it ended. The defense just coming up huge. And the defense forced the overthrow too. Yeah, exactly. So that just shows in a in a tight kind of window, it just shows like how much the defense has really, you know, gone in there and got after the quarterback. Like that offense was very rattled on that last drive. And again, when you're in these situations where there's not too much physicality, it, it you're going to lean towards the offense having more yes. success, but that clearly was not the case at all. And it was a great showing by the defense. I would say the two drives was the pick, the two 22 second situational football simulations was a pick by Dean and then a complete meltdown by the offense on, you know, and, and Blaine Gabbert with the, just the pressure from 
the the defense, causing the false start, getting the sack slash interception type, whatever, causing the overthrow with the pressure and then a 10 second runoff uh, as Blaine was trying to figure out how to change the play to get them into a better play because they need to go deep because they need to win. And, uh, you know, it, it's just it. They look really good. Obviously, again, disclaimer, pads, you know, aren't on, shells and whatever. But I'm excited to see where this can be. There's a few questions I just want to get to. Yeah, get to it. Lawrence asked if we were invited to the annual Cut and Color hosted by Ray J. I I want to get to that, so thank you. Go ahead if you want to continue. Casey's there right now. Definitely check out our Twitter. She's got tons of pictures. Guys, some of these these guys have orange facial hair and orange... (laughs) orange hair and shaved heads we've got a bunch of pictures and videos of it up there right now and cut for for cure is obviously very important it's helping raise money uh for pediatric cancer and the foundations that they have here in the tampa bay area and a lot of bucks players are getting involved players and coaches todd Bowles is there tom brady mike evans just name a few i saw pat o'connor as well uh is getting involved with it and doing Great stuff there. Yeah. So, yeah, make sure you check that out because obviously that's the most important is raising money for, uh, you know, for the, for this great foundation. So make, yeah, make sure you check all of that out. Yeah, and uh, Todd Bowles has an orange mustache, right? Oh, go, yeah, there go. you go. So that's good. D. Delaney, uh, we talked to – you guys talked about him yesterday, I believe. I I just brought him up again as a as a rusher. Um, incredible coverage. So far, he's what? What would you guys call him, the MVP of, on the uh, defense, on the defense, I said he was the MVP, like without question. Yeah, I mean he's he's been lighting it up, and it's funny because you know we kind of like joked, oh, Bruce Arians loves D Delaney, he loves him some D Delaney, and this year he's came in and he's really um, elevated himself to the point where it looks like that he could, you know, not only win that fifth spot but be a solid contributor if they need him to be. Yeah, without question. I, I don't think you're going to be in a situation where you really want him out there. But if a player's going to get hurt, and we saw that a lot last year in the secondary. SMB, the first game of the season. Uh, Jamel Dean missed some time as well where he got hurt like in a game and, and had to miss the rest of it. Carlton Davis got hurt in New England. So D. Delaney, I would feel okay with as a, as a spot starter or a spot replacement. But let's let's... Yeah. We'll see what happens. I don't know if we necessarily want to get that uh, yeah. He has looked good. Brady has. Brady looked sharp today, Matt. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, like we said before, he didn't have too many incompletions, and when there was, it was the drop. Oh, good. I was just about to get this. Leo, thank you so much for the $5 super chat. He said, Brady is publicly asking for cream schools this year. Any chance the NFL will appease Brady and let the Bucks wear creamsicle jerseys this year? So we actually had a story a couple of months ago where the cream schools are coming back, but they're not coming back this year. They're coming back the following season. So the NFL had that rule for the longest time, probably had to do with like concussions and lawsuits where every team could only have one helmet. You couldn't get like another one, which is, I don't want to speak too much because I don't want the NFL to, <laughs> to yeah. come after me, but obviously the Bucks. Helmet is pewter, hence pewterreport.com. And you can't do the pewter helmet with a creamsicle jersey. You got to have that old school helmet with the white and the, you know, Bucko Bruce on on the side to go with the creamsicle jersey. So um, who knows? I mean, we've seen rules change for other reasons. And maybe they'll expedite the process 
to help out Tom Brady because we don't know if Tom's going to play next year. Oh. And Tom wants to play in that Greensicle as you know, yes, he's alluding. <laughs> I think it was was what do they call supply chain issues or something like that. That was the that was the issue that they were coming up with. Listen, I don't need a creamsicle. I think the fans are fine with not being able to buy a creamsicle this year if they can just see the players in the creamsicle and the throwback. I don't know about y'all. Obviously, I'm sure everyone wants a creamsicle jersey, but. I would rather be able to just see them in the cream school jerseys this year and then be able to purchase them next year if that's all it is. Because you can't tell me there's not a right. supply issue bad enough that you can't supply 90 jerseys, not even 53 plus 16 is I'm not doing the math right now. You guys yeah. know I'm terrible at math, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you can't come up with that many jerseys for, for one game. Like no, I, I, I want to see them in a cream school Jersey. I think it's fine too. Some people don't like the cream schools. I don't understand that, but if you don't like them for whatever crazy chaotic reason, they're only wearing it for one game on the season. I'd, I'd even be cool if they did it for two games. So hopefully it, Probably won't happen, but never say never. Be great if they could do it this year. They will definitely have it next year. And the Bucks and any team that has a throwback jersey is going to make a lot of money in jersey sales, especially with the creamsicle. And speaking of money, the best place to manage your money financially is with Immuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. JC, you know where we need to get to. Bro, we got to get to Rado. Dude, we have to get out there. But guys, when you're managing your family's wealth, go to Immuni Financial because it's simply more than allocating your assets. Peter Report trusts Immuni Financial with our investments and retirement funds, and you should trust them too. Scott's been using them for quite a while. So call 1-800-868-6864 and talk to David or Mark. They're awesome people over there because they'll tell you about all the different kinds of services that they have. There's legacy planning brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and much more. So once again, that's 1-800-868-6864. Get started with Immuni Financial today. JC, as we wrap things up here, uh, one position that we didn't talk about, which we can talk about now, is the offensive line. And from a continuity standpoint, I feel pretty good about the offensive line. I totally understand that you're going to have two new guards along the offensive line. Shaq Mason obviously is a pro's pro. Uh, did very well with um, you know with the Patriots, but nonetheless, like he's coming to a new team, you have to build out that chemistry. The big thing, though, of course, and we'll be talking about this throughout oh. training camp as well too, is the competition at left guard. And we saw a little bit of a change today too, where yesterday it was Aaron Stinney. Got all the reps with the ones. That was pretty much it. It was clear cut, set in stone. Robert Hainsey was the backup center. Nick Leverett wasn't even really, you know, Did getting it? getting yeah. reps. He wasn't. He was getting third string reps. He didn't get a snap yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. And then Luke Gedicki was the second string uh, oh. 
left guard. Today, we saw a little bit uh, of a changeup where, if I'm not mistaken, it was Hainsey that was lining up at left guard. And we saw John Molshin get some snaps at center. So we saw a little bit of a difference yeah. there. And Stin- Stinney got back in, too, and got some reps with the first team. But we are seeing a little bit of moving things around. And Todd Bowles talked about this, that everyone's going to get their opportunity. Gradually, they'll get there. Maybe not in one practice, but it looks like everyone's going to get their opportunity. Yeah, it was really, they were doing a lot of shuffling there. You know, Stinney was getting the majority of the reps at left guard. I think I saw um, Gadecki get in there for a few of the reps. Um, and then the second the second line was just uh, ever it was just chaos everywhere. Luke Gadecki <laughs> was on the left guard side, then Haynes was on the left guard side, then Haynes was on the right guard side, then you had Lavred at center, you had Mulchin at center, you had just like they were just throwing a bunch of different things at the wall and getting all these different players reps at different positions. And I think Lavrette even took a few snaps at left guard as well. So Bowles was asked again, and he's going to be asked every time we see him. All right, who's getting that? And he's everyone's going to have an opportunity. That's an open competition. He doesn't care who it is. If you're Mulchin, if you're Hutchinson, when he comes back, if you're any of these guys are all getting these opportunities to be able to, I think guys, we made it. All right. Pewter report has made it with the, with the, with the spam ads in. Yeah. (laughs) We've officially made it. They don't do that for any other, for, for low level podcasts, but yeah, everyone's going to get this this opportunity out there um, to, to get a shot at, at winning that job. Now, of course, you're going to have guys like Aaron Stinney, who's you could call the favorite right now. And then Luke Gadecki, who obviously is a Gedecky. rookie. who Gedecky, right. Who is obviously a guy they drafted early. They like a lot. Small school of tenacious, uh, tenacious attitude finisher. He's going to get a lot of looks there too. I really, I know it's an open competition, but I think it's the competition really comes down to those two guys. Mm-hmm. I think with a guy like Lavrette with his flexibility, you don't really want to take him off. You want to have someone there uh, to, to build that continuity all season long because if you have Lavrette as your starting left guard and then you have an injury at right guard, or you have an injury at center or, or whatever, and you need to slide him, you want to keep that continuity. So I think it's really between Stinney and, and Gedeke. And I think Stinney is probably the leader in the clubhouse, not just based on reps, but exactly what Joe Gilbert said and what we talked to Donovan Smith uh, today about is the communication level. Gil- Joe Gilbert, the offensive line coach, said whoever communicates the best and obviously shows the most talent is going to get that spot. And right now there's – Multiple new guys, you know, working their way in the uh, along the line potentially in Shaq uh, Mason, who's as you said a pro's pro, and then whoever wins that left guard spot. I think the continuity on that, where Donovan Smith knows how to communicate, him Jensen knows how to communicate. They've seen it happen in that Super Bowl run. He's probably got the leg up, and it's going to take a really tremendous camp from Gedeki to win that spot from him. And I think the player, I know the players feel comfortable with it. I think I feel pretty comfortable with Stinney in there as well. We talked about yesterday how it, it seems like Aaron Stinney, it's his job to lose, but there's a long way to go. And obviously winning a Super Bowl together when he was lining up there, I think deservedly so, it, it is important in that sense. And I think Donovan Smith, more than anyone else, wants to know who's going to win that starting left guard job because that's someone that he's going to be in constant communication with throughout the whole season. And we did speak to Donovan Smith or Donnie as Joe Gilbert likes to call him. And Um, yeah, he he talked about the, the, the left guard competition and what he's seen as well from rookie Luke Gedeke. So here's uh, Donovan Smith talking about that. No, my job, my job. I mean, uh, 
we obviously got great guys in there to uh, fill that position. Um, whether it be a competition or not, uh, it's going to be, you know, great for the team regardless. So whoever they put in there is going to do a great job, whether it be Stenny, whether it be Nick, whether it be Hainsey, whether it be B, whether it be anybody. Um, we're going to go out there and get it done. You know, the standard is the standard. Expectations is there. So, you know, no difference for me. What are your impressions of some- <laughs> What is it, Kadeki? Yeah, Kadeki. <laughs> nah, he's No, that's my guy. He's cool. Um, you know, all, all the guys that's come in, you know, they come in with their head down, ready to work. Uh, you know, they're very receptive to a lot of information that we're giving them, um, which is huge. And, you know, they're going out there figuring it out. Obviously, trial by fire can't help them too much, but, <laughs> you know, we want to bring them up to speed and, and get things going. But uh, everybody's doing great. Definitely. It's going to be a fun competition at left guard throughout the entire summer. And this was a fun show as well. Um, I think it's the best one yet. It's the best podcast yet, as uh, Scott likes to talk about. So, And we'll be back again tomorrow at 4 p.m. to recap day three, the last practice of Bucks minicamp before there's a little period of time off for the players we'll still be here with podcasts but the players will have off for a little bit until the summer when training camp gets going but tomorrow is the last bucks mini camp we will be talking to tom brady though so we'll have some tom brady clips to put on the podcast for you guys to watch and we'll let you know everything that we saw and everything that tom said and some of the other players that we talked to so for jc allen i'm matt mater saying oh yes JC, great point. Everyone, please make sure you like and subscribe the Pewter Report podcast, Pewter Pewter Report TV on our YouTube channel. If you like our content, if you like the clips that we put out, whether it's a full episode, a shorter podcast clip, or some of the the players talking in their press conferences or whenever we uh, get access to them, please do that. Please like and subscribe because it helps us with our algorithm and helps other football fans and Bucks fans that might not know about Pewter Report, they can know now and check out everything we got on our YouTube and at PewterReport.com. Yeah. So and it's not just the podcast too. Matt does an amazing job of putting up snippets and oh, clips. Thank you. Uh, of so I mean, be on the lookout because I know you guys know the pods coming. Unless it's a prime time, it's at four o'clock. But make sure you check back to the Pewter Report YouTube page because Matt is always putting out stuff and you subscribe to it. Hit the little bell. You're going to know about it. And while you're subscribing to things, make sure next time you're on pewterreport.com, go subscribe for the Pewter Pulse. It will send you an email alert every time we put out an article. And guys, we're pumping out content. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming too for this off-season lull from after minicamp into into training camp so make sure you subscribe to the pewter pulse so you can get stay up to date with all of our articles please do and thanks everyone for watching and listening again so for jc allen i'm amateur saying we'll see you again tomorrow at 4 p.m for another episode of the pewter report podcast go bolts out celtics let's go green <laughs>